Hey everybody, what's going on? This is McEnroe, aka Rod Bailey, and this is uh, Peanuts and Corn 2020 podcast. This is episode, let me do the math, I think this is episode 10. This is episode 10, and I'm really excited to have my guest with me today, and his name is Steve St. Louis. Hi, Roddy. Hi. So Steve has been down from day one with the label, well, almost day one. Um, and we'll get into it, but I think we released our first tape in December of two, 1994. And Steve, about 20, 21 days later, I met Steve uh, at a at a concert that we were playing at the Walker Theater at that time. And so he's been down since day 21. That's interesting. And uh, so Steve <laughs> has been um, our photographer and our friend and a chronic you know, chronicler of the label and just a all around good guy who's friends with pretty much everybody on the label. And uh, so we're going to have a kind of a different format today because Steve has a different perspective on, uh, on, on how it all goes down. And so for the most part, we're going to be playing songs, Steve, that you picked. Yeah. Um, hey, you forgot to say, mention that I was a sometimes roadie. You're a roadie. You you uh, worked the door. You helped with the flyers. You got us a couple of our first gigs with your friends Dav and I interpreted and Japanese for you in you, Japan. You did that. You rapped a little bit. Oh, that was uh, a disaster. It was a disaster. And I, rem I remember a couple of the verses though. If you want me to kick them tonight, well, we'll see how it goes. We'll see how loose we get. Yeah. So let's get right to some music to get it started. And um, this is the era where we met. Um, this song is called "Pay Attention" by Farm Fresh. So let's listen to it and then talk about when we first met. Cool. Pay attention, my attention is the boss. Pay attention, my attention is the boss. My sound. Introduction. I'm like a colonel, so prepare for inspection. My style is colonial. Check the testimonial of the heads bobbing in the crowd. Loud beats for you, dude. No, maybe just for mood. Rough. Guess I got enough of the stuff. Fun stuff to make you sniff that shit. So take a riff of the whiff like a rifle. I smother and I stifle doubts and clouds. I'm knocking motherfucking heads out. Aw, oh, I saw you. Out. You little baby. You're foaming at the mouth. People thinking you got rabies. The ladies, boy, they avoid like the Lord. But me, me, me. They want to be my freakazoid. Right first, cause when it comes to bad that's good, I'm the worst. A new rapper born in a decade in need. I concocted a scheme to rule the world indeed with Steve. Cause without this a power failure. With this what I gave you with my Michael and Bell, you dead the girls of the world will take you home as a shock. If she gives up her body talk, I give off my body rock. My stock is old, I need some new school dudes. But before I get fresh, I gotta brush those suits with the music and the people that are many loops and turns. Now I'm going upstairs so I can measure my sideburns. Because I die hard We were playing in your yard so come hard 
for fencing, I be dancing, menacing Go see the judge for your sentencing Prison, I'm whizzing around like an airplane Avion, yes I'm Sir LaPonte Avion Not having them, so stay out of my way Because Jeremy spoken, class today, oh hey Let's hit it, if you win it, oh hey Since the resume's been submitted, I'm pitted But my name's not Brad Kerr If you weren't in the crowd, then I wonder where you were Uh, pay attention by Farm Fresh. That was recorded in 1994 for the Space EP, but it w- didn't end up making it. And it's got some cringeworthy lyrics, some, <laughs> some uh, not so correct stuff in 2020. Sorry about that. Yes, apologies. In hey, uh, I got a couple questions about that song. Okay, you made the beat. Yeah. Okay. Um, spit and didn't make the Space EP. Oh yeah. No. Okay. Uh, I remember you guys playing that at shows. Yeah, it was a yeah. show. It was a live staple for sure. Very hype. And, di- and then did it make it onto Played Out? No, no. It was finally released. It was basically like we recorded it and it never made the Space EP and it just sat on the ADAT until I mixed it down for the Tape Hiss compilation years oh, later. Oh, yeah. Okay, that's where it was on. Cool. That was what it was on. But yeah, it never was released when farm fresh was active kind of thing i like that one it brings back memories of small stages and small weird clubs and like uh university of manitoba campus bar and things like that yeah that's the kind of that was our circuit we'd play well you know we went on the honeycut podcast we talked about one of our first gigs in in utopia. winnipeg the utopia gig which i think you probably <laughs> helped us hook up I uh yeah maybe I, although I, I, although I'm not sure about that because did we even I'm trying to get the timing right on that depends on the date but I asked uh I asked Davide about that because uh Tyler named drop DJ Dav who yeah. promoted those those shows and so yeah Utopia was in the basement of uh, 274 Sherbrooke which housed uh w- one of Winnipeg's only gay bars at the time which mm-hmm. was called Club Happenings yeah and uh great scene actually a lot of our friends mutual friends like harry chan was a long-standing dj yeah uh, at club happenings and uh had a lot of great times there but then utopia was a little more 
uh, forward-looking, progressive, ravey-type spot in the basement. So, I'd, but I'm really I'm so foggy on whether I was even there or not. Yeah, it's hard to say because it seems like, you know, our first few gigs were super sketched. Like, we played a really sketchy gig at the Albert that nobody was at. Like, mm. a few skateboard friends we had. There's probably, like, you know, 20 people there. <laughs> and then... And then it seems to me we played Utopia before we played that Walker gig where I met you because at the Walker okay. gig there's lots of people because yeah. it was a big it was a New Year's Eve it was a it New was Year's rammed. Eve party and it was yeah. big so it must have been I didn't been. see you guys play there yeah I think you I came, came I was at a different party and I just was like let's go to the Walker and and I because I wanted to see you guys and I had missed your set and it was almost like the end of the night and yeah. then I came up and, and said hello um, the other thing about um, about utopia yeah no if that was before the walker i, I wasn't there but it, that, that's it really must cool have been. you guys play that it must have yeah, been, we got yeah. we got to talk about a little bit about that at some point about cross-pollination and how in those days like rappers could play a punk show or you know you guys would do warehouse parties where there'd be like house music and techno in one room and you guys in the other that yeah. sort of thing we yeah, lived that, that was all we did as far as i mean <laughs> we would because the rap shows the rap shows were socials where it was almost all DJ stuff and you would get time to play two or three songs. Right. And that also, was, that was a rap I show. And I suspect you were, you guys weren't even that plugged into that scene or that. Crowd, Not really. So. No, like we yeah. were getting into it. Like Kane's got us a gig at one of those kind of things. And we played like three songs. I remember it seems to me that Kane, we ended up meeting Kane's before the space EP wow. and, and on the weekend, because the weekend we recorded the space EP, we uh, played a gig and the guys were like, should we really be playing a gig? You know, we're supposed to be recording. Like we rented all the gear. We're supposed to be okay. recording this album. And it's yeah. like, it's only a, it's only like a two song gig. Right. So we went out there, did, you know, two songs or whatever. And then came Tell back. Tell me about and that night. Where I can't remember. I, I want to okay. say the West End, but I get yeah. it all mixed up. Were there other rappers on the bill? Yeah. I mean, there's a few different things. It may have been the. You know, Tyler would be perfect because Tyler always remembers this stuff. But there is a gig where we did this like puppet gig or whatever. It was like they're shutting, they're doing like the last of some French radio show that did hip hop. And mm -hmm. it was like, I think Mood Ruff played and we played. And then um, they were called Mystical Chickens one time. And then they were called Last Crew. Those guys played. Mm -hmm. That might have been that gig, but it might not be. I might be mi mixing it all up. But And, and it was Kane's. Uh, was Kane's managing uh, freak show at the no, time? No, the Lolo's. no. Oh, really? I don't think so. No. Was it was it after that he managed them, or was it no, earlier? Before. Oh, okay. Because yeah. I, I did photography for them. Yeah, worst, that was after. One of the worst, worst al uh, album covers in 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 anywhere is the one I shot for for his Mila. <laughs> yeah, that's much later. Like that's yeah. 90, okay. That's got to be ninety seven. All right. That that uh, motion that CD came yeah. out. That yeah, you yeah, shot yeah. that cover. I did. Oh, cool. No, not not really. Not cool. There's other there's other good photos from the from the shoot, but in any case, I'll have to dig them up. Um, right. I'm really getting off track, but I was um, I was going through my my negatives for the first time in in years uh, in the basement last week, um, and oh my god, dude, I have thousands thousands of negatives tons of print oh, i'm sure you have like so, so much it's gold. Stu stuff i don't even know probably i've never printed or i haven't seen in years so i'm excited to like start picking away at it and finding some classic oh, stuff yeah but, yeah 
build a Dropbox and share it or something. Let's get into some more music. We're going to yes. jump forward. So basically, I picked that last song, but most of this is your picks. So we'll jump forward a few years. And this song is from my first EP as a solo rapper called The Ethics yes. EP. And yeah. this song um, was a minor, 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 minor hit. It's called, <laughs> it's called I'm the Original. Right here. That is uh, from 1998, and um, I was just uh, thinking that, you know, the Ethics EP is kind of my most awkward phase of a rapper. I think I was good. I mean, obviously, you listen to early Farm Fresh, and I'm really whiny and whatever, but I thought I was pretty good in the mid-90s, and then I think I listened to too much company flow and stuff <laughs> and, and tried to rap a different way and then you lost your way man i lost my way a little bit and and um and then i kind of found it again a little bit after kind of got out of that phase and and refocused but so that but the, of all my records that you think ethics ep is the hardest for me to listen to the okay so and that but that was your first solo effort right yes yeah, yeah. well that's that's a milestone something to be proud of yeah it was kind of the rebirth of the label like the label the label was a tape label and it was sort of petering out and I was trying to finish school and, you know, Mood Rough had moved on and Different Shades had moved on and Farm Fresh had broken up. Mm. And it was like, what are we going to do now? And so then I started making stuff as Mac and Row and 
made the ethics EP and bummed a couple hundred bucks off my dad to press some vinyl. Yeah. And um, went and took some pictures at the golf course with you and with the microphone. And... It was a catalyst, though, to, like you say, like it's for phase two of the label and everything. Yeah. Like then all of a sudden we had CDs, we had vinyl, we sent it, mm -hmm. I sent it out to bunch of people and you know got some good response and so we went to uh did we go to tuxedo golf course driving range yeah. or something yeah and we, and the idea was we we put a microphone on a tee on a golf tee that's right and then i did this wide angle shot from the ground looking up at you with with a big driver about that's to hit right. the microphone <laughs> exactly <laughs> that's genius that was genius <laughs> and then uh my friend kent did the little wire man on the cover kent wilson um, which I really liked and, uh, you know, I like how it rendered though on the cover, like it's a real 3d wire thing, but on yeah. the cover it's, it looks like a kind of animated or yeah, you don't know how big it is in the whole thing. Yeah. yeah I still got so, the little wire guy. So that was recorded in 98. Yeah. It was recorded in 98. So or released in 98 anyway. Yeah. Probably okay. both. Yeah. And so, um, Dece uh, November 1998, <clears throat> I moved to Japan for the first time to go teach English. Yeah. And I had a, 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 a couple of copies or a handful of copies of that. And I took it with me and I was going to make you famous in Japan, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I eventually, once I got, I got settled in there, I found this little bar. I lived in a spot in a place, a little town near Kobe, Japan called Kakogawa. And I found this little club in, in Kakogawa and the DJ played a lot of R and B and hip hop. So I slid him a copy of the ethics MP, uh, LP, uh, EP. Yeah. And, and I told him, this is the jam right here. I'm the original. This is the jam. You got to play this. And he played it and he liked it. Uh, or I think he liked it because anytime I was at the club, he'd play it. And I don't know if it was, he was just doing that to please me or yeah. if he actually dug the song, but I think he liked it. Nice. Yeah, it was fun. And then so and so that's a precursor to what we'll talk about a little later when you when you actually came to Japan. Yeah. But um but yeah, thanks for playing that. That's that's honestly it's one of my favorite songs of yours. Well, thank you. Yeah, I mean it's a favorite of a lot of people. It was definitely one that was in my live set kind of forever and people liked it and just a lot of fun. Uh, Real, you know, you can't go wrong sampling the old Dirty Bastard, right? That's no matter right. what I did with the rest of it. But exactly. Uh, the next song that you picked out of uh, on your list is a good friend of ours who, at the time, went by the name Satchel Page. Yeah. Oh yeah, he did. He did. <laughs> and for the and for listeners who don't know, it's I think it's important to say Satchel Page was a legendary pitcher. Uh, in the Negro Leagues, yep. uh, Negro League Baseball in the U.S. Um, I don't, I can't remember if he ever crossed over into the major leagues. I don't think he did. He pitched like well, well into his 50s, maybe even later. No one knew how, how old he was. Uh, but yeah, if, if, you, if you ever see Satchel Paige uh, and wonder who the heck he is, look him up. A very interesting story. He now goes by Nestor Windrush. Yes. Um, and, but this is from his Satchel Paige project back in 2002, 2003, I think it is. Um, let's play a song. It's called Anita Watts. Fuck it. Never 
see this Mazda, fine as hers Runs through his spirit just like the summer breeze Caramel gleaming beneath the swing trees She was my youth, yo, why would I leave? Mahogany melodically, she's my curiosity Playing hide and seek within the blazing heat You might say, yo B, you're kinda weak You're gonna weep, give me a second and let me speak The white bleach, siding of lost and it watts Elmo ignorance rots Predicent, academic, 20 times seen it at the same spot He'll drop, look man, broke his head for it Maestro, box cup, poke it up, lie Ask him why Radio Raheem had to die Fighting the power, Spike Lee's my shower Love self, take it to power The kid with the funny talk was afraid of the dog And I enjoyed one Kaduna crush Summer's beautiful like Aaliyah Yesterday's bliss with the kiss of Aretha Stops. Picky hits, pull locks, awaiting 20 watts Migrating for new hope from places that is hot First generation, a nation of promise Seeds of the islands, planted to flourish Growth and change, images rearranged Some see the short term, some explore the full range Hunger of Carmichael, life runs in cycle Time's a cycle, child smile, remarkable But some fail, fell in the wrong beds Treat mythology in the he said, she said Like mahogany's lust, relationships, no trust Fidelity dissolves to dust she feels nothing, hearts break, nothing left in the wake My mistake, her life, and I shouldn't care I see success, walk with the same braided hair And she could be right there, she could be right there Summer has changed, some days I gotta stay Stays beautiful like Aaliyah Yesterday's bliss with the kiss of Aretha Georgetown kings in Havana, Havana Coconuts at the Savannah, Savannah Georgetown kings in Havana, Havana Coconuts at the Savannah, Savannah We enjoy the summertime drink Found a you makes you think Milo, curry chicken Sun Solo skin just glistens Milo, curry chicken Sun Solo skin just glistens hurts oh no that's such a banger i couldn't stop nodding my head on that one. Oh, i walked into that one that's <laughs> a, that's anita watts by satchel page from guy i'm from here which came out guy, in 2003 guy i'm from here 2003 on your brother's records which is gumshoe strut's label and um gumshoe strut produced a, a lot of that record but that particular song was produced by cut down Shout out to Cut Down. Cut Down, if you listen to this podcast, 
big props, brother. That that beat is so dope. That's a great. So song. that's that's my first exposure to uh, to um, Nestor Windrush, our friend Elliot Walsh. Um, I mean, I knew him before this came out, and I'm sure I seen him rap. In fact, I know I seen him rap. But I was very very uh, highly anticipating this coming out, and when it did, I was like really really impressed. I like this record so much. Yeah, it's a nice record for sure. There's spots on the on it where like vocally he sound he reminded me he's reminiscent of of Rakim like um, and even just the tone of his voice uh, mm -hmm. a little bit of like King Sun Rakim and uh, yeah man this is just a little this is a little favorite in my collection I got a big stack of my all my uh, Winnipeg PNC fam rap CDs here yeah I'm all about CDs I just inherited hundreds of CDs from Erica Tavle oh did you really. Yeah, man, it's a, it was a deal three years in the making. We, I brokered it, and uh, so I'm excited to <laughs> laugh at my CD collection, but, man, no one But no you, one got, you got CDs, you got mini-disc, you got reel-to-reels, you got vinyl. I got, you got, I got vinyl, cassettes? I got tapes, I got eight tracks. I still got cassettes, man. I just pulled up a box of mini-discs from the basement, and there's tons of rap burns from you. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, anyway. that's, that's one thing I haven't gone through is my mini-disc collection. That's one possible yeah. source of interesting stuff no doubt i've got like some demo i think i have some gruff demos on md from you i got weird stuff on md cool probably like songs that got made eventually but yeah just like the rough cuts um yeah so dope nest nestor winrush love that aka satchel page and so he's a good you spend any time with him? You spent year, lots of time with him over the years. Oh, yeah. I love that guy. And, you know, the first time I met him, like, I don't... I remember being in Osborne Village, and it was a sunny day, and I was just like, oh, I've heard about this guy, and we were hanging out, and he's a bit standoffish. I don't mean that in a in a mean way. Yeah. Like, he, you know, he is kind of, I think, a little, you know, just shy or guarded at first. Yeah. Maybe. Like, now that I've been friends with him for so long, I, I barely remember that about him, but I remember first meeting him and trying to like size him up and figuring out if he was like not it whatever yeah uh, salt of the earth just a great guy love spending time with him uh love watching him perform uh, too far and few between does he perform but uh he always puts on a great show and uh, uh love his music man yeah which just just pours his heart and soul into his music heart and soul like like unlike anybody i've worked with almost you know everyone mm -hmm. puts what they have into it but he just takes it to the next level with heart with his whole being you know definitely uh let's get into another track um you picked this one which is a, another kind of classic if you want to say that i'm the original is like my classic then this is fermented's classic um, it was on the 12 inch and they played it live and people went nuts for years and years and years. Uh, mm -hmm. let's check it out. This is called the law. You see this watch? You see this watch? Yeah. That watch costs more than your car. I made $970,000 last year. How much you made? You see power? That's who I am, and you're nothing. It was this 
of the army, so don't start with me I'm twisting arms of false alarms and hauling ass crashing parties I'm harming those with flaws for some who rise above the laws With legal spies who penalize if colonies don't priorize my prying eyes Will fry your hide inside my district So if you're on my streets, you'll be the treatment for my sickness Prove yourself the quickest, and I'll put you on my shit list Then invade your privacy to make you take my bribery Yeah, I'll cause a rivalry, underground and undercover Agents and surveillance where you least expect assailants We project that we protect, respecting those who pay taxes But the fact is a pacifist can leave me in rage Easy to break, smash and wound, I'm putting you in a cage This anger grips nightsticks and pepper spray With a menacing trigger to take your life quick and devastate so don't fuck with me. I am the law. I am the law. That assass you ever saw. Designated to make sure things run. Run smooth. So don't fuck with me. Trust that your city is safe. I am the law. I am the law. The baddest ass you ever saw. Designated to make sure things run. Run smoothly. So don't fuck with me. And trust that your job is secure. I'm a suit wearing, strike breaking, strip a bacon, back aching, people's time taken. Fine, collect the legal tender, labor law, bender, get in a bigger cut than government in a beer vendor, scab employing. I use fakes for sound and sight, they will hand in a full report before you leave at night. Guilt tripping, into shape, ass whipping. Don't show up on time, fuck excuses, I'll be flipping, chair sitting, order giving, suburban living, homeless hating, unemployed making, motive driven. There's no way you got the guts to give me your opinion All gather around my statue and celebrate Dominion advise more than handshake Cause all kinda fake keep on sucking asshole And maybe you will escalate from spot surpriser Pay increase to supervisor Meetings to manager Capital enterpriser Eyes obedient small from handing down such oppression Immigrant Russian that cleans my toilet Needs a lesson lost her job Hold it and shine have that span So I hired a spit to come and purify the can stock Market reading while I'm shitting, teeth gritting, body yacht club bragging, union spitting, hitting police with donations, a new weapons, and a station, and me I support it. College boys club creation, learn your name later. Human rights violator, world of light shader, working class annihilator, full time job terminator, 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 terminator. Good morning, pigs. Good morning, you fascists. Bigots, you fags, you pinkos, you bastards, fuzz. Fuzz. What is, uh, what's that uh, dialogue from? Do you know? I what don't. Movie? I don't know. Okay, the beginning kicks it off with Glengarry Glen Ross. Yes. That dialogue with Alec Baldwin. Man, yes. that is such a class. Listeners, if you've never seen Glengarry Glen Ross... David Mamet film starring uh, Kevin Spacey, Alec Baldwin, Al Pacino, Ed Harris. Oh, yeah, brilliant! Classic. Great choice of sample. Whose idea was it to use that? All the samples was Pip. I didn't. Okay. Like Pip was meticulous about the whole construction of the thing, and wow. um, you'll hear when we do the Pip podcast about how like he sent me these notes with all mm -hmm. the notes. Like here's where everything goes, and here's the sample of this, and like these cassettes of. I want this sample at the beginning of the law and I want this one at the end and you know Copious just, notes. oh yeah just <laughs> meticulously like this is this is what I want and I just did it it was like you, okay cool and you did all the beats on on that album uh except for one I did mm. uh there's one beat by Sunil because originally it was like there's talk about us 
splitting the production 50-50, and I wasn't, I wasn't down with that. Why not? Because, <laughs> man, it's my guys. I wanted to... Uh... <laughs> oh, so, okay. We can talk about that little aspect of your personality I'm not later. a... I'm not a sharer. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so that was... Now, was that the first occasion of a member of the Lolo Posse, a.k.a. Freak Show crew, uh, recording with a Tabs crew member? Yes. Yeah. Oh, no. No, actually, it wasn't because Marty, uh, the spoof, is on the Ethics EP. Right. Okay. Yeah. On a Got song it. called but, Focus. But as far as Focus? Yeah. Yeah. But as so far that as was the pro- first time. As far as a project is oh, concerned. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. For, yeah, the only time. I mean, I never did yeah. anything with anybody. Well, we, we talked about, we did we did a song with Marty again later and, and talked about doing an EP, but um, mm. but really it was just gruff. That, well, that was exciting for me because, uh, like, I knew I knew the, the freak show before I knew you guys. Yeah. And, um, and uh, you know, always was a huge fan. So there was um, Twisted Spirits was a group with Marty. Yeah. Uh, Gallivanting Spoof. It was his uh, MC name. Uh, is Myla and Gruff. And man, I love the Twisted Spirits tape. Me too. I mean, that love was it. just so it's amazing. fucking badass. It's uh, amazing. And then, and then the other tape was, uh, well, Freak Show. What was yeah. it Freak Show? Sunil, yeah. Sunil and uh, Shazam? Yes. And Sheldon? Okay. So yeah, Twisted Spirits. And then so when Gruff and Pat got together to, to, to do an album, I was like, no way, this ain't happening. But it was, it happened and it was so good. Yeah. And yeah, seeing that song perform live was just always so uh, visceral and uh, cathartic. Those guys would just kill it. Yeah, they would kill it. It was very ominous, crazy. right? It yeah. was very ominous. Yeah. It's funny. It's like super basic, the whole song and the beat. The beat is so, like one of the most basic beats I ever did. But people just, yeah. they just, the energy those guys brought to it just made it, you know? No doubt. Hey, do you remember seeing uh, when we used to see Gruff? hanging out at the campus at, at uh, university center at university of manitoba and he had that gigantic fro Do i don't remember, remember that? that no no okay, i remember i, been, I remember you started u of m well i started u of m in 92 all right okay so but i would have seen them but i don't remember gruff as much as i remember ismala because ismala yeah. was in engineering and i knew him a little bit and then and um, marty and sunil it might have been 91 because I started in 91, but Gruff had this massive afro and he'd just be at university center and he just stood out like a sore thumb. Yeah. So, um, but you know what we never talked about yet was uh, me, well, me coming up to you at the Walker Theater <laughs> on New Year's Eve. Yeah. Going into 1995. Well, I was going to say then, when you were talking about, um, you know, just going up to Ness, like that's your personality. You just go up to people where a lot of, you know, like, yeah, but, well, um, well, and so here's the thing too. I mean, this was, this was kind of the, the starting point was here I am. I've been a rap fan since let's say 1986. Like yeah. when Raising Hell comes out, run DMC, Bigger Endeavor, LL Cool J, License to Obesity Boys. Now I'm just hooked on this stuff. Yeah. So 86. So then fast forward, you know, eight years. And I hear there's some rap group from Brandon, Manitoba, or some local rap group called Farm Fresh. And there's a tape I can buy at Sam the Record Man. And so me and <clears throat> me and the homie Paul Carvelli went up. We probably each bought a copy and it was on the tape rack. And yeah. we jump in his Dodge Colt or Mitsubishi Colt or whatever it was. And we put it in his stereo system and just listening. And I was so excited. I was like, 
oh this is cool this is like local rappers and like i was into it because you guys had the beats you had the samples going and i was like these guys are cool these guys are dope right this is 94 94 end of 94 so then of course when and only you lived in the city at the time and of course when i found out you were going to be at the walker theater i guess i just must have missed any of your earlier shows for whatever reason i'm sure they weren't very well promoted or publicized not really yeah not really and i don't really even know what was going on in like raps rap show wise at that particular time um but i did really want to check you guys out uh, on new year's eve so i raced down there after my rave that i was at or whatever <laughs> and i missed your set but i made a point to go up to you and say hello and i don't and I introduce myself and I don't think I even saw Roddy or, Ty- or uh, Pat or Tyler that night. Right. Well, they were there, but um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I remember you saying I wanted to give you your propers on your tape. I remember that was your term. And you, propers. And you probably had, and you probably were like, did I hear him say propers? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> well, I like to make uh, an interesting first impression. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, not. 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 That's how you. That's how you operate, and that's why you it get was a million you friends. It. That's why you have, that's why you have more friends than I do because you do you make the effort. Ugh, I do, <laughs> I do. So yeah, so that was cool. And then and then I didn't meet Patrick and Ra and Tyler until um, Jason Hum's house party, which I don't know how long after that New Year's Eve was, but oh, it might have been, been that same it winter. It was in February of that year. Yeah. Okay, so a month, six weeks later. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you, you guys played a house party at our friend Jay Hum's, yeah. and I, I made my way there, and uh, and I met. Uh, pat and tyler that night and then uh that was it i got video i got video of that of that party dude we need to um, see that yeah we're um we're playing your performance our performance and then just really like an hour of bad freestyle and wandering around the best part of the tape is when whoever's operating the camera might have been rich peely or somebody goes upstairs and you get to see all the people who I would have been liked to have been hanging out with. Instead, I was downstairs hanging out with the freestyling. When I, and then you go upstairs, like, oh, there's all my friends not <laughs> not watching us play. <laughs> oh, that's priceless. <laughs> priceless. Uh, Rich Peely, yeah. um, Kent Wilson, yep. the squad. Edith's there, Jay's there, and then just a bunch of people I forgot, like, you know, Helen and uh, yeah, well, just lots of, to... lots of school friends gonna have to check that out one of these days hey let's play a track that features you how about that oh my and very much of the moment i listened to this um when i was prepping for we're doing the pips kid podcast um i was listening to funny farm and i listened to this song because it's on the album but it's very of the moment this is like the anthem for covid19 <laughs> Yep. And you're the star, so let's check this this out. This is called. Every time you give me five, I wash my hands. Do you know how many germs are transmitted by a handshake? You want to kill me? Just not if we have a deal. If you got manners, then I would love to see you pull it open the bathroom door for me. Otherwise, I'll wrap my shirt around the knob And if I gotta touch it, wipe it down with a swab What you know about the antiseptic alcohol towel With my toilet stool wrap while I'm waiting on my bow 
wing went and slapped the inside of the seat In my night, might as well admit defeat First couple sheets of ass wipe it, don't use It's some international water or refuse to cruise And I can tell by just looking that you're the type Who don't wash their hands after they wipe Then you wanna slap five and smoke these trees Two simple ways for you to pass disease That's why I use a towel when I touch the tap And I disinfect the microphone before I rap At the end of the night when the promoter gives the dough I use latex gloves and I count it real slow Never lick my thumb, that shit's disgusting Never eat at restaurants, never been that trusting And it ain't no joke, this is germ warfare Like when KRS-One was screaming out, oh yeah Putting anything in your mouth, just like babies You dirty motherfucker, that's how you got scabies just always ahead of my time when it came to uh, germophobia yeah <laughs> see i'm i'm just i'm totally cooling in this pandemic this is nothing new for me yeah wash my hands like a fiend don't touch anything don't touch surfaces don't touch my face yeah it's like oh this is news to people you shouldn't do these things yeah yeah very comfortable very, very comfortable in this pandemic so so that song's called germ warfare and um Pip got you to, to lay that down and there's so much knowledge that we're there's actually two more interludes throughout the album where you come back with more more info oh okay because I thought I thought at one point I talked about singing happy birthday exactly there's, you come point. back and then you come back twice throughout the album where it's like the beat fades back in and it's like you should be wa- you should be able to sing happy birthday twice while you wash yeah. your hands and, and all right. that so and what are, and what have they been saying in the media the last exactly what you say. everything Wash your hands and sing happy birthday yeah, yeah you're welcome <laughs> you're welcome media you're welcome um, by the way uh is that from alone again uh what's that what, what album is that from from Best funny, farm. funny yeah. farm alone again oh, is on it yeah is the song yeah and then what year is that um 2000 and i want to say three 2003 i think okay yeah wow 17 years ago mm-hmm. yeah what was the title funny farm was the farm a bit of a homage or nod to farm fresh or was it just a coincidence that's a question you'd have to ask the um the rapper i don't know that i actually brought it up to him but <laughs> i think it was, i think it's more just uh about how he was feeling because it's very a lot of yeah. depression a lot of um you know that kind of mindset on that very dark was, and, uh, and so i tend to think it's just about you know his internal struggle uh, 2004 is the year i think it's more about his internal struggle than it is about anything to do with farm fresh really sure yeah perhaps it's a coinky dink hmm. 
Um, okay, so we're at 2004. Yeah. Um, we could jump back in time because that's how we do it. And um, you picked a, you picked a song with a very similar theme, um, also by Pipskid. And I think um, this song is called Hypochondriac to hype and um so this is this is a there's a video for this one and you are in it aren't you yes i am directed by our friend jason lapere right and, and you I mentioned can, alone can... again which is another video that was directed by jason lapere yeah um I, I can spin a little yarn about that video shoot after we listen to the song all right great let's do it this is called hypochondriac from friends forever 2001 That's uh, Hypochondriac, Too Hype, Pip Skid from Friends Forever 2001. And um, if you've got nothing better to do, go to YouTube and check out the dope video for it, which was shot on film, right? Except for maybe the beginning. 
It was shot on film except for the little uh, intro interlude thingy. Yeah, 16 millimeter, as a matter of fact. Right, 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 right. And um, that was shot in Toronto, Ontario. Yeah. God, man, 19 years ago, like, hey, you know what? We're not kids anymore. <laughs> oh, tell me about it. <laughs> uh, 2001. Uh, so I, I talked about um, bringing those uh, ethics EP vinyls to japan when i moved there in 98 yeah uh in 2000 i moved back and i went to live in toronto and i i wound up working in the film industry there and uh our mutual friend jason lapere was also there working in film and so they just had this plan i guess pat was traveling out east or something and so we set it up so that hey when you're in town let's make this video and uh there was a, a couple of pas like uh, a couple people that jason worked with in the film industry um angela pilas and this guy glenn powell and um and yeah they, we rented equipment and but it was all like all the ex so we shot in my apartment and we shot in this guy uh, a friend of ours called adam pasquella we shot in his apartment so all the all of pat's apartment scenes in that in that video are yep. shot in adam's and then the doctor's waiting room was in my loft on Queen Street near Queen. Uh, I was on Spadina near Queen Street. Okay. And we set up like a doctor's waiting room. And the funny, one funny anecdote about that was I had this weird skin condition on my hand at the time, especially uh, my left index finger or something. It was, it was like eczema, I guess, but it looked like gangrene. Like it would look like my finger was going to fall off. All right. So a few days before the shoot, we were like, Hey, let's use, let's use my finger. And we'll, we'll do like some close-ups of my finger and it'll be Pat's finger. And he, that's why he has to go to the doctor. Right. And we're like, yeah, cause it was, it was actually like revolting how green and messed <laughs> up and fucked up my finger was. But then like the closer we got to shoot day, my finger just started healing up. And so like that whole scene was like in, in jeopardy because my finger was fine. And so we actually, uh, we actually found some makeup props person <laughs> to come in and like do Pat's finger to make it look disgusting. <laughs> so, oh, so yeah, my finger almost made the video, but I was in the video. I was doing some like, uh, funny flavor flav style. Yeah, do you have dancing. a clock around your neck or something? I had a clock around my neck and this like weird furry tangle type hat. And that was out in front of my building. And, uh, yeah. And it was, uh, we were like shooting in pharmacies, like gorilla style running That's right. pharmacies That's and just right. shooting out and about. And, uh, it was a blast. It was a lot of fun. Very nice. And one, as I was saying off, off camera or off uh, mic here, uh, that's one of seven videos. I think that Jason LaPere, uh, directed for, for penis and corn for different penis and corn projects. Right. He did that one. He did the loan again. He did, uh, well, he did the gruff one for gruff. He did philosophy which we yeah. might hear on this podcast. Yeah. He did um, Kinship of the Down and Out. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, he did uh, Pip's Kid. Right. That's not mm. Peanuts and Corn, though. Oh, it's not PNC? No. Oh, it's, um, yeah, that's Tom's label. Yeah, I think so. What's called, please refresh my Marathon right of Dope. Marathon of Dope. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Right. Or, it could be foul okay. or it could be Foul Tone. I'm not sure. Yeah. Because he had Anyways, a record on Falton. Yeah. He did a good handful. Definitely. Because he mm. also did the the bastard one with um, the I guys. Ain't, I Ain't Lazy? Yeah. Was that? Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So 2001, I'm living in Toronto. I'm working in film. Uh, September 11th happens. 
um, the film industry grinds almost to a halt because of that, because the whole economy really got shook after September 11th, 2001. And within eight weeks of that happening, uh, I get laid off from the company I'm working for, the film company I'm working for. And uh, I felt very liberated. I was kind of happy about it because I was already planning to return to Japan to work and live. And uh, just so happened you guys were touring Ontario. Yeah. Uh, right, uh, right around the time I got laid off. And that made it extra fucking fun because I had... You were just ready to go to too. I was ready to go. And so, uh, I don't know. Definitely I went to London with you guys. The, the epic thing was London where we, we had never played London. Oh. We'd never been... You know, and I, I remember, I remember the exact, you know, I don't remember how Toronto went and where we played in Toronto or any of that shit. But, Was that Gypsy Co-op or I don't uh, remember? I don't know. Like okay. it's all a blur, but I remember yeah. London because you got, you jumped in the van and maybe LaPere jumped in the van and you guys just, we all went to London. Yeah. And just, some friends of ours, even from work came. My friend Stephanie that I worked with at Absolute. And, and we played it, London and it was like, holy shit, where did these people come from? Like, why did... Why do these kids all like our stuff? You know, they'd all know, they knew who we were and they were just ready to go. And it was one of the funnest shows we ever played. And it was really eye opening. It was like, holy, mo you know, because we, like, again, we never, we didn't really have proper distribution. We didn't have a video on much music. We just, we mm. just were doing our thing. And yet, you know, kids were coming out and, and loving our style and all that stuff. So it was a really fun and that particular night was just was really was crazy fun and and yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I worked the merch table um okay so quickly before we get into the all the shenanigans that i barely remember but who was on the tour because smitty was there joe was there yeah i would he? think it would be joe pip um Gruff Gruff. was there and me and tyler and maybe someone else but i don't think so i think that might have been the tour where we started with this other person and she bailed and so then we were kind of doing merch by um by committee yeah and then you jumped on the tour with us and did merch for that leg of it and mm -hmm. we kind of figured it out but gruff was there right yeah yeah gruff so was, was there. it like was was but for oh but fermented wasn't a thing yet then yeah it was a thing fermented was oh. out at that time yeah so who was doing so what would what would the show be like then that night Ah, uh, gosh, it's hard to, you know, most of those shows were really hybridy where it would be like, okay. Pip would go up and, and then he'd play some songs and then he'd play songs with Gruff and then Gruff would do solo stuff and Pip would back him up and then someone would come up and they'd transition to that person. And I think I was kind of the closer, but I was up the whole time or I, I, you yeah. know, again, don't exactly remember, but, um, That's but they were a lot of fun. So um, the Smitty and, and uh, Pip and maybe Gruff would remember this, but the night the drink the drink of choice uh, was we were calling them Boss Hunters, which was and especially because I just got laid off, so I was all like pretending to be mad at my boss, but I wasn't because I was <laughs> glad I got laid off. And uh, and there was Jagermeister and orange juice, and and we were just yeah we were getting stupid. There was and there was some really funny pictures. Probably the picture for this podcast. Uh, yeah. I was I was off my ass and wearing my crazy sunglasses and big straw hat and taking all these mad photos with my Pentax K1000 and uh, we were having fun. Because I want to say that maybe we didn't even have a plan of where we were even staying. Like we played and then, 
And then, and then the place, the, it was the embassy in London, and, and they gave us a room, and we went up there, and like, there's no fucking way we're staying here. This is a <laughs> shithole. And so then we were like, well, where are we going to go? And I, we might have gone back to, is it, I think we might have went back to Toronto. <laughs> Isn't that a two-hour drive or something? Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. And Anyways. you guys were just, like, freestyling and listening to music and just... <laughs> Amped up, and we by were the, yeah, yeah, we're driving some, back, and the van was just bonkers. And then by the time we actually get to Toronto, everyone's like, <laughs> "Done." <laughs> hey, I think I kicked some dope rhymes in the van. Yeah, that night. definitely. <laughs> Something about liposuction. I can't remember. Okay, no, that was from the warehouse party that right, we did, where right. you guys actually let me perform with you right. to get the warm up. Don't need an introduction. Got rhymed so fat I had to get liposuction. That's it. That's it. <laughs> Um, all right, let's get into, oh, okay, so let's, um, what do we want to play next? I want to play, I want to talk about Japan. So I want to talk about visiting you in Japan. Yeah. So I'm going to play this song and I'll tell you why when we, after we, after we listen to it. So this song Word. is called Bionic and it's called, it's by Roddy B, which is my alter, one of my many alter egos. It's called, uh, Bionic. Check it out. What you gonna do when the party's over and the crib is a mess and you're stone cold sober? Do you wanna tangle with the underweight lover? Roddy B is in the house and there is no other but a minute of your time or an hour of your day. Roddy B is in the box and you just hit play. Say the truth about the mic but there's no mathematics. Plug it to the speaker and just have at it. Don't need a degree or to be certified cause to me we'll see if you could keep the crowd live. It may look easy to the untrained eye to be more than queasy when we let the pain fly. We all have a dream, gotta keep the aim high and if you're really down then you got a name five five individuals rocking the mic hard the break bread crew who protect me like right guard won't cross the land like a circus sideshow when everywhere i go another crew that i know we're down with them and they're down with us but we're just in a minivan never a bus we keep it on the mellow so there's never a fuss and if you can't get with it you better adjust Step to me and the straight up herbivore Keyboard beats and rhymes that I heard before The rhythm should have never been saved to disc And they couldn't ever understand the pain of risk Without an original bone in the body So again they fall back to phoning a broddy Don't call back dude, I'm screaming my calls It's all whack to you screaming at walls In a straight jacket, wanted the halls No one wants to hear about your rise and your fall You're just another fool with delusions of grandeur You never cross my mind, can't sue me for slander It's not inspiring to booze and meander Maybe clean up your act and gather some candy, you're a joke, joke. Acting like it's yours Sitting on nothing cause you're really pissed poor Claiming that you know how the hardcore walk But you can't rule the rules from a cardboard box Shamelessly pawn for celebrity jock And you wonder why you're the one we endlessly mock As you lay blame like we lay down tracks So every time you rap there's a pay sound tax You can bet it's a bit more than 7% Try to buy in but you could never represent Think your daddy flies in, swoops to the rescue But he can't cover up the bloopers and miscues With this crew, I've got a lot of misgivings in Rappers as a fan of Martha Stewart's living Are you kidding? Are you kidding? Yeah, that's called Bionic and it's from, uh, from, uh, 
pretty pretty poorly released little thing called All Types of Hype Demos 2004, which was really hard to get, and it's not available online or anything. So there you go, people. You get to hear something uh, a little bit rare. But the reason I wanted to play that was because I wrote that kind of at the same time as I was writing Nothing Is Cool, and uh, a couple things. One. Um, there's a very short period of time where I could get away with calling myself the underweight lover. The underweight <laughs> lovers in the house. Um, because <laughs> after after I got married, I got roasted by ta- by DJ Honeycutt at my wedding, and he was making fun of his weight and my weight. And so then I went on this diet and lost <laughs> lost like 40 pounds. And then I was really skinny and wrote a bunch of stuff and then i gained it all back and then some so you know all is well that ends well but uh that's kind of that kind of helps me pinpoint exactly when that was written but the reason that um that i thought of you in this was because i ended up using that song a lot live and it really worked in japan for these weird shows that we all hooked up or that you hooked up or we worked together to hook up when i came and visited you because nobody could uh you know like nobody understood what i was saying anyway so just rap as fast as you can and have the energy and people liked it because you know for me to do like a slow song about i don't know whatever like you know like corporate rule or whatever just didn't really hit (laughs) in japan it was just like play something hard and rap rap your ass off and that's sort of where the set went when we when we did these weird shows in japan so you're so strategic man i never even thought of that but you're right that, that was the move play play those fast hype songs and they don't know what you're saying so who cares i remember the one show that was um like like the the quote unquote tour was me and you just hanging out and you know yep. we had different contacts in different places you had contacts i had contacts and it was like you know, one show was playing to no one in particular in HMV in Shibuya. Yeah. You did an in-store performance at HMV, which was like a six-story record shop, CD shop, in the busiest, like in Shibuya, Tokyo, which most listeners would know. That is like yeah. the famous crossing in all the movies. The Times Square of high. Japan. And they had a big, and they had a big peanuts and corn display yeah. in the store. Uh, was it was it Tower Records or HMV? It, it was HMV. Okay. And it was so dope to walk in there and see they had like a McEnroe display and a bunch of peanuts and corn product with like fancy cutouts and everything. And yeah. Man. But uh, so there's that. And then there was a show at some club <laughs> in the, I think it was in a basement and it was pitch black, pitch black. There was no lights. And like people went into this club and there was like futons and blankets and shit <laughs> and rocking horses and rocking horses and you just kind of went there yeah and so i performed in a pitch black environment like yeah like no lights <laughs> it, was bizarre. it was like being in some weird hippie commune in the middle of tokyo yeah uh, and i don't even fun. know did you hook that show up uh no because i'm pretty sure so wait okay you had a distributor there right yeah we nod we nod okay and it wasn't the guy's name shin shin san yeah maybe okay and so I he think hooked that shin, up? shin probably hooked that show up right yeah. he hooked up the hmv too but maybe he hooked up right. that other one too and then i and then i hooked up kobe and then yosuke our buddy yosuke who, who lived in winnipeg for a while I think he hooked up the show in his hometown, Saga, in Kyushu, yeah. which is an island, so, like a southern island. 
Um, but going back to Tokyo and we crashed at my friend Dean's place, right. Dean and Maki's place. So that was cool, but that was a weird ass show. There weren't many people there, but it was fun. Everyone loved you. They loved the show. They liked the music. They were rocking back and forth on their rocking, on the rocking horses. horses. <laughs> we only know that because you took flash photography and that's the only time you'd see anything was when the flash went off. Otherwise it's like hey. a flash would go off and be like, Oh look, there's a guy on a rocking horse. <laughs> Here's a, going on? <laughs> Remember when, uh, when you arrived in, in Japan and then we, we took the, did we do a bullet train in Tokyo or did yeah. we take like, the no, slip? I thought oh, we yeah. took a bus. Did we, no, we did a, we took a we bullet train. A bus we did a bus, an overnight bus. Yeah. It was, it was harsh. Tried Anyways, to sleep, yeah. And we got to Tokyo and our rooms or our hotel or wherever we were staying wasn't ready yet. Or no, it was just too early to go to my friend's. It was, it was too like early to go to your friend's place. So we went to, we a, went? yeah, we went to one of those, uh, internet cafe things where you just get, you get a cubicle and you just sit yeah. there. And, and we were just like passed out in these yeah like falling asleep in a, in in a cubicle <laughs> paying whatever uh, however many yeah, a couple hour couple something. couple dollars an hour to hang out yeah. in some shitty cubicle and we were just wasted from being on a bus all night yeah anyways that was fun and then um then we went back west to kobe uh where i was living so this was 2000 what roddy four, five it was just uh, before i went back home I think it was 2004. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. And uh, and then we did a show at a club in Kobe called Club Peas, P-I-Z. That was a good was show, I my... think. That was probably yeah. the best show of the whole thing. It was rammed. I don't remember even who else was on the bill or what. There yeah. must have been something else. But that was like kind of my hangout. That was one of the spots I go to a lot in Kobe. They had a lot of good hip-hop shows. Uh, a, a few years after that, DJ Crush played in that club. Mm-hmm. And there was like people lined up out the door down the street trying to get in. It was nuts. There was it a was good, tiny, small little club. Yeah, but it was a good. It was a there was a good bill that night, and it was there was, it wasn't just me or anything, and it was uh, yeah, it was a good crowd. I think. Yeah, it was fun. And and I just rapped as hard as yeah, I just rapped as loud as quick as I could and got off. And, and I was on stage with you and backing you up on that's some right, songs. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And then the last show we went down to Saga, which was like trains and ferries, whatever. Um, in, on Kyushu Island, and that's where Yosuke lived. Yosuke lived. Yeah. Um, and so we did a show, and that was weird. There were quite a few different artists on that night. I think it was a rap kind of night, but it was in a pretty big club, like a clubby club. I remember and, it uh, not be, it being weird. I don't remember anything good about it. I remember being at some Korean place before, Korean barbecue place, and just going like, I don't even want to play. Like I'm tired and yeah, like. It wasn't a bus though. Like it just, it wasn't the highlight of no. the tour, but it wasn't like terrible. It was just one of those moments where you're like, you know, I'm in Japan and I got no money and I don't want to play, <laughs> you know, like I'd rather be, you know, cause I think it was very re big relief when that finished and we went back and I don't think I left right away and we just hung we out stayed a little at, bit. So we stayed at, Yos yeah, that's right. Yeah. You, you hung out, but we stayed at Yosuke's uh, family's place that night. And they had this quite a big house and my, and oh, my yeah. buddy neil that i worked with and yoski's dad in the morning we wake up and his dad's and who we'd never met before sitting at the table and this guy if you recall was like the japanese tony soprano like like i knew japanese men to be like salary men really like like kind of little skinny dudes with suits and kind of nervous and shy around foreigners and this guy's like sitting at his breakfast table with a massive uh tray full of pastries and he's wearing a wife beater and he's like not shy or scared of us at all. He was like pretty like kind of, yeah. and, and he was in construction 
which in Japanese, in Japan, a lot is very heavily, and the Yakuza is very heavily involved in construction. <laughs> so I just got the vibe that, like, oh, interesting. All、yeah. right. But he was super cool and nice to us, and it was fun. They, they looked after us, and we stayed there, so we couldn't complain. Yeah, I remember. Well, yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad, you know, I'm glad the whole thing happened, and, I'm, and I'll never forget it. And I got great pictures, and you took great, picture, great pictures of my time there. I'm、mm-hmm. sure you got negatives of them, but I still have a lot of the. Prince, but、um, it's crazy.、Yeah. I've only been off North America twice, and that was one of the times.、It's, oh, wow. And I'm 46 years old. It's almost criminal. but Where else have you been? Mexico? Brazil. Oh, Brazil. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah.、Oh. And that was only、oh, yeah, two years later. In North <laughs> it is. Yeah. Last yeah, I checked. <laughs> do you know what I majored in in U of M, right? <laughs> Geography. Yeah. Sad. Um, so let's get into some music. Around the same time as I wrote that last track, I was working with a fellow by the name of Bird of Prey. And、um, so let's play this song because you picked it. This is called Nothing is Cool from the album of the same name. On the radio, everything's played, and it all revolves around how money is made. Best believe your hero has a closet full of skeletons, telling them lies with a mouth full of aspartame, selling out for a life after fame. Shelling out for status is insane. Yelling out, but you're speaking to a vacuum. Not as pretty when you're puking in the bathroom. The dirtiest deals conducted in the boardroom. The onus on integrity forgotten for a signing bonus. They sold us a beautiful facade, carefully constructed but tragically flawed. So face facts, but your fake fake acts. Cause when the case cracks, can the fame take back? Admit you're stuck living a part time sucker who sold the soul out to have the face on a sticker somewhere. Look in the mirror, gaze at a fool, cash in your check. Go back to school. You wanna be up on what's hip and what rules? And talk about nothing, cause nothing is cool. It ain't about money, forget about the tools. Get a real job, drop out of school. You wanna be up on what's fresh and what rules? And talk about nothing, cause nothing is cool. Martinis and cigars, luxury cars. Does anybody here give a fuck who we are? Rappers and singers, pimps and actors. All been has been since this time last year. Retro Nouveau, West Coast Electro. Ain't a damn thing changed. But the tempo whack is hella cool, cool as hella whack. Do these people here need me to tell them that? Avant garde, hardcore revisionist, boutique labels going out of business, graffiti t shirts, pastel track pants. Learn to break dance, cause now's your last chance. Emo is female, Max a bitch made. Cool to me is a comb, it's a switchblade. Just grab a bat and smash the pinata. Rock to it, ease like Flash and Bombada. Look in the mirror, gaze at a fool, cash in your checks, go back to school. You wanna be up on what's hip and what rules? Then talk about nothing, cause nothing is cool. It ain't about money, forget about the tools. Get a real job, drop out of school. You wanna be up on what's fresh and what rules? Then talk about nothing, cause nothing is cool. Baby moms put their little sons in camo. Pop music lyrics out of guns and ammo. Mashups made and the tunes just might clash. Asian kids all dressed up like white trash. Turn off the video, rap it all hurts me. A bunch of midgets in basketball jerseys. Rich kids take up political causes, collect welfare, and get a few problems. With good teeth and skin that's just flawless, claiming poverty? That shit is obnoxious. Try too hard on some wannabe shit, spitting throwback flow for a novelty hit. Cool, cause I don't get upset though. Put down the mic and go boycott ESO. Get low to it and do what you can. I don't care what's cool to you and your man. Look in the mirror, gaze at a fool, cash in your checks, go back to 
school You wanna be up on what, sipping what rules And talk about nothing cause nothing is cool It ain't about money, forget about the tools Get a real job, drop out of school You wanna be up on what, special what rules And talk about nothing cause nothing is cool I saw a homeboy with chains and a tracksuit Look on his grill like he just pulled the jack move He fronts hard in a 97 Jag But his neck's gone green and car has dealer tags And the girl at the mall with the platinum car Bags carried by home private security guard She gives you a look like he's something she owns But she's gonna get grounded when she gets home And the rock star that you waited long in line for A VIP to finally meet him on tour With so much in common, you sure to be best bros He says two words then steps to his next show The dream's so real, reality's pitiful So don't put me up on top of your pedestal Kept at a distance for a specific purpose You might not like what's under the surface Look in the mirror, gaze at a fool Cash in your checks, go back to school You wanna be up on what's sipping what rules And talk about nothing cause nothing is cool It ain't about money, forget about the tools Get a real job, drop out of school You wanna be up on what's fresh and what rules And talk about nothing cause nothing is cool Nothing is cool from Nothing is Cool by Mac and Rome Bird of Prey. I should have we should have done a video for that one. That was a good that's a good song. It's a damn good song. Um is anybody better than Bird of Prey? <laughs> I'm not sure that they're they are. Not in, not in this country. I don't think he's the he's the MF Doom of of the Break Bread crew. Like he had those these really wry his lyrics are so wry, and he's he's just so erudite. Like I don't even every... think he's a member of the Break Bread Crew, although we'd love to have him. But I think if you asked him, he'd be like, "Eh." <laughs> we'd love to have him. Bert, we'd love to have him, Bert. If you're listening, <laughs> uh, I'm not the door's sh- open. Like he's technically a guest on the EP we did because he's only on one song. But He'd have I think we've a, had the conversation. Like, you want to be in our crew? And he's kind of like, he kind of just shrugs. <laughs> he's like Larry David. He's like, mm, I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Such a lone wolf, that guy. Man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Maybe you'd yeah. feel different today, but. <laughs> Dope song. Dope song. I love um, I, um I met Bird uh 2005 so what year was that around that time right before no five yeah that would be uh oh five oh four and he he moved to winnipeg in oh five i think if if that's what he 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 moved to winnipeg in oh six yeah okay yeah so that came out in like early oh five i think and then we did his second his solo album with me called uh, which we'll get it we'll play a song from from get it done mm-hmm. in um and then he moved after the album was done okay in so so wait oh so he was living in vancouver and you were living in vancouver when yes. this stuff was made yes nice um he so i moved back from japan and i took up residence in winnipeg again in 2005 about may june 2005 so then bird comes along a year later and that's the first time that's the first time I ever met Bird of Prey. We didn't even know each other. Yeah. And I, I'm, I always kick myself because when I moved to Toronto in 2001, Bird was living in Toronto. And you yourself said, hey, you got to look up my, my friend Dane. You know, you got to look up Bird of Prey. He's a homie. And you guys would hit it off. And you guys would really get along. So you should call him up and like, you know, whatever. 
and I, and I think you said the same thing to him. And in the whole year that I lived in Toronto and Bird was there, we, we, we never did take the initiative to hook up and meet. Yeah. And, and oddly, I don't think our paths ever crossed or would they might've, and we just wouldn't have known it. Cause I went to enough hip hop shows in Toronto when I lived there. So probably we're at some of the same shows, but I just didn't know the guy. And then fast forward five years, I meet him and he moves to Winnipeg. We become fast friends. And I was like, damn, why didn't I like take Roddy's advice and go say hi to you in Toronto? Cause we would have got like, we would have had five extra years of friendship on the books. Cause he's such exactly. a great dude. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's funny because when I was leaving for Vancouver in you know, 2000, it was Ness who was like, you got to, you got to check out Bird of Prey. He's in Vancouver. You got to check him out, check him out. And then I went out there and met him and it was like, you know, I, I think that kind of, I really clicked with them pretty quickly. And part of it was, you know, that kind of thing. Like, you know, I met, you know, hung up with Moves and hung out with Mocha and all that stuff. But it was like, you know, it, it would have just been some guy whose name I kind of maybe heard of as opposed to like Ness saying, yeah, yeah, well, check, this, check him out. At least you took him up on his, on his suggestion. I wish I did the same when you told me to look up bird. Um, yeah. Okay. So when, here, you moved, when you moved to Vancouver, yeah. by the way, were there any, did that create any doubts in your mind about the future of peanuts and corn on the label and stuff or yes. was the plan? It did. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like when I, we finished, we finished the park like setting record and we finished the park like setting record, like recording it. And I moved away. And in fact, the cover of the park like setting record was, it's a picnic table that I took on the drive moving to Vancouver. Oh, wow. It's a rest stop outside of Vancouver. Okay. Um, so that's how much of it, like a transition it was. And I, you know, I got to Vancouver. I didn't know what would happen i didn't know what pip was doing i didn't know um would i meet a whole bunch of new people and start putting my energy there i didn't know what was going to happen so definitely but you know basically once the park lake comes out and you know i start to get the lay of the land in vancouver we do the park lake we're working on some other stuff i put out the bird of prey and moves but hanging out with moves and those guys those guys were just at a different you know, they the party you know like I'd go over there and, you know, they lived all together and they, they lived just, just different dudes. Like not mm -hmm. my guys I like a lot, but not how I'd want to spend a Friday night. Right. Like getting sure. drunk and making beats on an NPC and just freestyle. Right. Like, you know, I was just like, not, that wasn't where my head was at. So mm -hmm. I'd see him around and I'd see him at shows and I'd go, you know, we would do a little bit of music, but it wasn't like, we're going to just be buds, you know, and it's, it's just. I never really connected with anyone here on that level until until Bird. Hmm. But even yeah, then, but Bird, you know, my relationship with Bird is never going to be... I mean, it is kind of now, but it, at that time, it wasn't going to be anything like my relationship with Pip or Joe, right? Yeah, yeah. But he's my ace when it comes to record shopping and stuff yeah, too, man. No question. Well, you, well, you said the same thing on, on your podcast with him, was that, you know, he's so generous when you go digging, like... He'll just pass stuff your way and say, you know this? No, you need yeah. this. Hey, yeah. You got this? No, take this. You know, like he just feeds you records and be yeah. like, you need this. He's not, he's not selfish at all. And it was fun. Like when I moved out here, there was that. And it was also moves would be like, hey, you got this record? And he would just get, you know, he would give me a record because the idea was that drum breaks were something you could share. And so, you know, like when I went out to Halifax and hung out with 6-2, he's like, here's some drums for you. And like, you know, people, guys would share drums. Like you wouldn't, you wouldn't share a sample like, 
you know, the sample we use for nothing is cool, but you would, right. those drums on the other hand would be like, well, yeah, moves would use those drums. I'll use the drums cause I'm going to do something different with them. It was and more like public domain kind of stuff. Pretty much. Like there yeah. was definitely like a really cool thing happening around that time where it's like, Hey, you got this Kenny Rogers with these drums. I'm like, Oh shit. <laughs> you know, we and, didn't, we didn't even really talk about how we bonded over records. You know, like I met you in 94, 95, but like one of the first instances of you and I ever just hanging out one-on-one was I went over to your apartment at the yeah. Lady Adele apartments yeah. and we just like kicked it in your room and listened to Blue Note records. And I think you made like craft dinner or something. <laughs> <laughs> we sat there, you made me like a, a really fancy craft dinner meal and we just listened to records, man. I remember you just had records, stacks of them on, on your bedroom floor, leaned up against oh, the man. wall, all around your bed. The way I was living was like stacks of records, stacks of CDs. And then in my kitchen was all I had. All I ever bought was French fries, cereal and craft dinner and chocolate <laughs> milk. That was like, I just go to the grocery store and get those things. Like I ate no vegetables. And so fun. I could totally see you coming over and, and just hanging out like that. Hey, you want some craft dinner? I think you played, uh, you played down here on the ground um, from Grant Green the live record and uh i don't know I if i had it oh yeah on cd i had it on cd oh maybe it was cd yeah and then and i mean that's the other thing like where you and tyler like honeycutt and i really like bonded over records and digging and collecting yeah. and um a fun, a fun story a fun recollection of the drop-in center like the where you guys lived on on fleet avenue 808 or you recorded stuff too was um one of the first times i visited and i was down in the coal room yeah <laughs> And that was the room didn't it have like cds like all around the whole perimeter of the room yeah. like almost floor to ceiling yeah and uh i was just like wow and i said uh hey man can i borrow some of these jazz cds and he's like of course and i said uh man where do i even start and honeycutt goes why don't you start with a the letter a <laughs> <laughs> and i was like that's a good idea <laughs> so that was it man just it was all about the music for us right since yeah. day one that and was we it, had so. you know that it, at that time on on fleet we had a total amalgamated kind of collection like mm -hmm. when when i finally moved out and i had to move out but when it was it was tough with the music it was like is this yours or is this mine is this yours well when i when i moved to japan I think some of my stuff got got sucked into it because Tyler had some of my records, quite a few of them. Yeah. And when I and it, and then there was a flood, and some of my records had some water damage. Yeah. And there was that, was after, there. that was after I left the flood. No, no friction, but it was just un unfortunate. But yeah. yeah. Okay. Anyways. One one. Uh, we're gonna play another song, but I want to see because I want to get it straight with you. What did you have to do with with Joe? and me getting together um he uh so joe uh john smith i hear him give me credit from time to time and most of the time for like kind of connecting him with you and connecting him with like peanuts and corn um my recollection is and and maybe the first time would have been at a show at wise guys uh wise guys which was the campus bar at university of manitoba i just remember joe coming up to me Cause I was all, I was clearly kind of like the fifth Beatle, the Ricky Powell. I was like, yeah. you got always with you guys and taking pictures. And I just remember Joe and he was like really young and like really young. Like, can you be in this bar? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, 
just super polite and just coming up and, and you know we chatting and then just yeah just asking asking about getting maybe getting like music to you or a demo or how you know not like sweating me but just being really cool and just trying to like kind of like figure out a way to get break in or something um so yeah um he says that you weren't really trying to hear him the first couple times or you get a demo or something and that i i convinced you or i i kept at it and kept talking and saying this kid's nice and like i mean nice on the mic you know yeah but uh i just remember there were a few shows where joe would always come up and chat me up and sort of like butter me up and uh <laughs> <laughs> which was uh which was good like it wasn't it wasn't unwelcome he was he was a great he's a great guy then he's a great guy now yeah but he's just a cool kid and and had a nice approach and and uh certainly had some raw talent so okay let's play let's play um a song from mastermind which you did the uncredited cover for Mm -hmm. uh, let's play this song. You picked it. It's called uh, Rejection. From a label, so don't ask them. Call it a game, I'm supposed to win. So I look for an investor with some dough to spend. Fat chance, but barring a miracle, I'll pass back till the bank looks bearable. It's a trick shot, but the angle is terrible. If you spit hot, but your look is forgettable. I'm on that's incredible, but not for the Rubik's Cube. Actually, for how I'm schooling you. Self made man who's never in business suits. I write game plans, don't waste time dissing you. I stack back issues. You need a therapist to push past issues. Shed the embarrassment. I'll kick your ass at chess and cut us caught. Cause you lack the freshness. The writer's got enough hot shit to fill up an iPod. No matter the bit rate, music is my god. Go get your shit straight. Clean up an eye for. You got here a bit late. That's what the smile's for. You need a boost in credentials. It took a few years to get through the essentials. Not really meant for you. Leave it alone. Till you can't appreciate some Nina Simone. Yeah. See the little MC. Searching for some beats Wants to press a CD Get his name up in the streets But it ain't easy 
much will you spend? And is your soul worth investing in? Hope you're strong as you've ever been To steal yourself for the rejection 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 about that song it's a banger it's kind of another fun. head nodder yeah well, who's it about what made you write that song i don't know <laughs> i liked i mean the whole the whole mastermind thing was just like hooking up beats and samples that had been used or that were obvious or whatever so that's like baltimore by nina simone and so i think i just hooked up the beat and then just started riffing on it kind of you know oh, so to... that vocal sample is nina simone the whole thing is nina simone like the beat everything yeah. everything with the drums basically wow i'll kick your ass at chess i kick well so they're Said so no geeky rapper ever no no not no no i go to the next level the line is i kick your ass at chess and cot has got to show the show your ass the freshness that rod has got cot has got is like some fictional like version of internet inter, like in, interstellar chess that's on star trek or something it's a star trek i'm pretty sure it's a, i'm pretty sure i was watching star trek at this time because i oh i'm pretty sure you were yeah and so that's Scott. yeah Man, that reminds me also when i first met you things that i would see laying around your house were lots of like isaac asimov books yeah <laughs> i still read them i still read them like oh man every like three or four years i'll just read the whole series again damn i, yeah. I have yet to read one yeah you got a recommendation mm, foundation but you know if only if you're really gonna go there but i'm not it's not for everybody i mean it's a considered a classic but listen <laughs> you got hey, you know i read books listen. i'm sure you do <laughs> asimov foundation yeah put that that's on McEnroe's reading list add it to yours today <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah yeah that was that was a fun little project uh mastermind i'm listening to it going it used to be so easy to mix a record because it was just samples and I'm, right now i'm mixing the brandon record which has not very many samples and just so much stuff like 20 25 tracks of stuff and it's so hard oh god no kidding can't imagine and that was like just a sample and a beat or like mixing the law was just you know a sample and a beat <laughs> and, and a rapper yeah. it was like you couldn't really mess it up what uh just quickly jumping back to roddy b yeah why is all types of hype not available um it was never released and then it was i think at some point i'm trying to figure out why i decided to kind of like do a low-key release where you could just download it i think mm -hmm. i think i maybe just i think i made it just like zipped it up into a thing 
and because um, it was really just demos that I had that I had done and mm. so I just zipped it up and then put it on a blog or something that was like it so okay well, um, why don't you put it out now well it was it was never part of it is not even like it was just never properly um, mixed and now yeah. it can't be kind of thing so it's kind of like and some of it was only saved as mp3s and you know it's mm. not ready for prime time but Maybe, well, maybe yeah, you never on. know. We'll see. Put it on the favorite, list. One of my favorite rap albums is like those ultra magnetic MCs, like New York. What is funky? You yeah. know, it just sounds like garbage. It's so lo-fi, yeah. and so so raw, but it's so good. Well, wait till you hear the, the Danny podcast because I play a song from a demo he gave me in like '98, '99, <laughs> nice. and it's super dope. Like I'm really hyped on it, and. uh and yeah like that's kind of the, that's kind of vibe though it's like tape hissy and just raw mm -hmm. and you know one take shitty mic have you ever heard my t cassette demo i did one song no it's uh i rapped over uh the instrumental for uh young mc's bust a move oh really and my friend john pukniak does this the cuts at the end oh wow and uh and uh yeah it's and there's a, and his brother did a little like flavor flavor kind of hype up thing at the end <laughs> So it must have been like what 1989, 1990? Uh, 87, 87, 88. Oh wow! So there I was last night, feeling all right, sipping my forty, looking for a fight. <laughs> his brother comes up and asks me the time. <laughs> I pulled up my nine and said it was time for me to bust rhymes and also bust heads. He made a false move. That boy ate some lead. That's how. That's how it starts. That's pretty dope. <laughs> Gets better. <laughs> <laughs> Hook it up. I want to hear it. Yeah, I'll I'll get it over to you. I'll um I'll FedEx the cassette tomorrow. Yeah, okay. You could just rip it. It's okay. I don't need that. Um, all right, let's jump forward. So a couple songs left on your playlist. Um, here's a short one, and I'm assuming you picked this because of who made the beat. This song yes, is called. That's uh, one of the reasons. Yeah. So this song's called "Harsh Words" from Bird of Prey, and let's have a listen. Basically, this is how it's gonna be. I'm going to rap, and if you rap usually, when I rap, you shut the fuck up. You can clap when I'm done. Dope pigeonhole a type cast me motherfucker Quite nasty, white nasty motherfucker Who write nasty like hate mail Yes I do, will you a quail With Kate Beckinsale North American overweight male The more the merrier to motivate sales The show will take place on your face for talking Dobby's Timberland boots were made for walking I don't make skater rap dude, later for that Rob your Air Jordans, your Oakland Raiders cap Face the facts, your crew ain't even street They get caught feet will I shit breathe and eat the shit you claim like it'll get you fame you should never forget from whence you came toothpick thick I could bench your frame I own this bitch I'll pay rent today yeah yeah it's for to pray y'all pray y'all he's acting uncivilized civilized he comes to my house he takes off the shoe he has great table manners table manners this is way out of character someone must really piss him off Darko on the beat. Darko Marks. Darko. So we did a radio show with Darko. Who did? I did? You did? 
Oh, well, it was very, it was a weird uh, evolution. Um, I mentioned Erica Tovle giving me hundreds of CDs a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Erica Tovle came up with this idea for a radio show when the U- University of Manitoba radio station was reborn in 1998. And Eric said, oh, I want to do a show about uh, hip hop songs and the songs that they sampled, you know. And, right. uh, and so I want you... So I want St. Louis and I want Rod McEnroe and Honeycutt and you guys got to do this show and, and you got to be on my show. Right. We're like, yeah, that's dope. So it it just became a thing. We went and did it. Eric was there. I think Eric came to like the first one or two episodes and then he just like, he's just like that, that meme with Homer Simpson sliding into the bushes, like, and, and he was gone. And you know what? It was, it was his master plan. He, right. It's a show he wanted to hear on the radio, but he actually didn't want anything to do with. So he just put it together, you know, under the precept that like it was his show, but then he just let us go, you know, right. Dope. And then Yumi, Tyler did it, maybe Dark, I don't know when Darko started sitting in, but that was in late 98. And very soon after that, I moved to Japan. So then, it, uh, so then you guys were doing it and Darko was involved. Yeah, Darko um, was then, around. It was basically Tyler, you were in and out, Dar- Darko was around, Ness was around. Mm-hmm. And I was doing it up until I left, which was, I left in like May or June of 2000. Okay. So we would have done it, you know, for a year or so. So Darko yeah. was kind of like, yeah, Darko was just kind of hanging out. Well, and then it really became Tyler Darko. I feel like it was Tyler Darko and Ness. I don't know if Ness was doing hip hop bistro simultaneously. Yeah, I, show, think he, I think he would do it after or something or, or on another night. Ness was on a lot of a lot Ness of. Ness was living at the station basically. Yeah. He was always yeah. over there. And him and, and and anyway, they just had such a great rapport. And Darko is just uh, an encyclopedia of breaks and music and and dope records and and just great dry like straight men i don't know he was like the dry sense of humor on the show it was great so i'm trying to think because um i think yeah i think i kept in touch with darko after and he sent me that beat and i was like yeah i want to use it for bird Bird oh he sent you some beats like for consideration yeah yeah and then i ended up beefing that beat up a little bit with like i think i added some drums or something Mm -hmm. but um that's how I think it went because there's no reason why Dark Darko would, wouldn't have known Bird, you know, oh, not until Bird moved right. there, right? So right, that's right. Um, it was me. It was, I believe it was Darko and I just kind of keep it in touch and him sending me beats that he'd make here and there. Cool. And then um, it could even be that at that time I was spending time on like, um, on the internet like an alt rap or something with like your boy uh, Shane. Shane Shates. Shane Shates. And um, and then yes. Darko was up in that as well. And maybe that's how we were keeping in touch or something. I can't remember. But um, shout out to Shane Shates, finesse down in the San Diego area. That's right. <laughs> that guy laced me with so many dope tapes, like like uh, hieroglyphics versus Hobo Junction live freestyle battles on the radio. And yeah. Crazy shit. And lots of dope Minneapolis stuff, like pre, pre-atmosphere yeah. Uh, what what's what's that label called? Rhyme Sayers. Yeah, pre Rhyme Sayers Slug. Yeah, like all those. Yeah, dope. Um, but and then uh, that song that we just heard that Darko produces from Get It Done. Yeah, which I did the photography for front and back. Oh, very proud to say. And, and did I did we credit, credit you for that. Yeah, great. Oh, you better you better believe I got credit on that one. 
So but that would have, that would have been one of the first, like that would have been early days of me and bird hanging out too. Right. Yeah. 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 And so what else did you do? The So we didn't really talk about the photography for mastermind. We played a song from mastermind yep. and my idea was to, to remake the cover of the classic game mastermind and your spouse at the time was gracious enough to be the female in that picture and you took the yeah. photos and they worked out great yeah it was great still happy with that one what else did, what else did you uh i did the cover of, uh, i did all the album photography for john smith growing pains right and we shot that in bird appraise house in wolseley in winnipeg here yeah that's right um and I did well. You used some of my photos for the inside of played out. Yeah, played out, and I think it, and um, and the actual release of Crazy Friction, right? I think the inside of that has maybe a picture of of uh, us fighting that you took or something. Yeah, and then there's a picture. Even there's a picture inside of um, emissions. Roddy Rod emissions. Yeah, you would done you all gave, those pictures. I think you gave me some kind of. Arlene did the cover photo our friend Arlene Fabre that you were jamming with at the time she was a drummer uh, and she did the cover and I did something on the inside so I have a so on the subject of Arlene we got to come back to where else you've done pictures but Arlene and I used to jam she played in a band called Elliot she's a drummer and I would just I had an ace tone organ yeah. and we would just go and hang out in the attic of the her place and, and I would just noodle around on the organ and she would play drums and I would record it with just a boombox and I've got that tape and it's oh, pretty man. cool and I sampled it I sampled it back in the day I think I sampled her drums for a track but I sampled it again and you can actually hear her voice on my new album Brandon and oh you can hear her voice yeah she kind of like she's like kind of setting up what she's gonna do and so she's sort of like muttering away to me and like yeah. kind of like clanging around with the drums and then she gets into this beat and I sample I sample like the, the the kind of preamble and then the beat for this song called Brandon oh. Punks about uh, which the song is about you know us having a punk rock band in Brandon in like 1989 or whatever yeah 1990 maybe but um don't but forget I, to credit her no I won't forget but just <laughs> but, you so know, that's coming out yeah that's coming out yeah that's the, oh, that's yeah, the album Brandon, that I'm, it's your Brandon album that's yeah. the album that I'm struggling to mix I've been oh, mixing it for six weeks. That's the one Honeycut played me a couple of little sneak preview cuts. Yeah. I'm excited about that. Um, yeah, Arlene was so cool. And we used to hang out at her house. She lived like a block away from where Bird ended up living yeah. in Wolseley. And uh, yeah, I have I have great photos of you two jamming and you on the H2 Oh, really? Oh, I'd drums. love to see yeah, those. Man. Yeah, I've got cool photos. Those were fun times. That's where you were really branching out, though. I really wanted to I, I wanted to select Dirty Tub for tonight, but you'd already played that on your podcast so yeah well yeah. yeah we had a cool energy going because that and and so then elliot would play you know and we'd go see not them elliot, and we even not nestor windrush but her band no elliot, her band yeah. was called elliot yeah. Yeah. and even like do we even we might even played shows together which was a very strange bill for that time because we were in a, at that time we we're an established hip-hop <clears> group yeah. but we'd play shows with someone like that at like wellington's or whatever yeah it was nice like i wanted to say in those years though it was it wasn't wasn't uncommon to go to a show and just have like 
yeah, rap and electronic music or rap and punk all in the same night. And those scenes just like all like blended together, you know? Um, yeah. It wasn't so fragmented and, and uh, as it is now. Yeah. Um, so that was cool. Just music lovers as opposed to a certain type of music lover. Exactly. Um, I'm looking at I'm looking at the insert to Peanuts and Corn Tape his CD and a lot of these photos are mine. So good, fun, fun photos, fun times. Picture of us with the far side at the rendezvous. Yeah. <laughs> That's a classic. Who took that picture? Because you're brother. in it. Oh, your brother. My took brother, it. Jason St. Louis. Yeah, poor guy. Wasn't he? Couldn't even be in the damn photo. He had to take it. <laughs> <laughs> Probably like, hey, Jay, take this picture. That's exactly. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Um, so that was cool. So wait, what did we just hear there? We oh, just we heard, heard uh, harsh words by Bird. And we talked about Darko. Yeah. And we got one more song on your playlist. One more song for the evening. And um, it jumps forward a few years, but it's our good friend Yai with Bird and John Smith. Um, why don't we listen to it? It's called okay. That That's That. I'm curious to know why you picked this particular one. Maybe just maybe you just like it, but let's play it. Need them heavy on the bottom like a toe for Rome. I'm supposed to roam, but stay close to home. A no 
over for long And it's application of a little pressure To distract the nation's most simple pleasure And you know that that's that thing forever Wish you could hold that or own that to get it together Cause if we sold that it wouldn't be that and that's that I can give it to you all be with baby's feedback And that's whack Where the beat at? That's what everybody wanna know Who is he that? Never study wanna be the show We need a heat pad We cold zero over low and that's that If I didn't need to bite, then why would I? See, I treat a beat just like a person Watch it like a stock and get prepared to ride a first And then I drive it like a tie and match that I'll let you know that that's that Guess what? Guess what? You heard of my guess not Rapping like a man, man, I prefer that he can't stop What happened is that though he deserved to get That's not that conservative hip-hop word Not a word worth a nerd, but he rips the shop And makes concrete from the abstract Had it to your notes, now you know that that's that That that's that. That that's that. That's uh, that's Yai from 2010, and that's um, from the album Tape It Back Together. And that song features Bird of Prey and John Smith. It's a good one. It's dope. I did some pictures for that, but I don't think they ended up getting used. But it was fun. We, we were in Danny's basement. We were in Yai's basement, and I was taking these like really like close up shots of his hands, surgically, you know repairing a cassette tape and oh stuff right like that. i remember that yeah. yeah 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 i don't think we ended up using them no partly because we ended up doing um uh more like a sleeve instead of a jewel box the, for that particular paper, release sleeve. yeah 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 so there was yeah. no inside art there was nowhere to put that kind of thing yeah no for sure dope good album though thanks for playing that yeah my pleasure thanks for picking some really good songs i uh I'm having a lot of fun. I'm hoping that, uh, so my, I'll tell you my podcast plan because I really like doing this thing. So my, my, I'm doing two podcasts right now. As you know, I'm doing the, I'm doing a mixed cloud thing where I just go through my hip hop collection mm. and, um, I'm about halfway through those episodes, halfway through my collection. It'll be like 40 episodes and people wow. can listen to them whenever. <laughs> but, um, and then I'm working on this peanuts and corn and you know i think there'll be about 15 or 16 episodes when it's all done and then that'll be that and then but but what i really want to do is i really want to just do a music podcast which is more general Mm -hmm. um and i'm you know when i'm back to work and you're back to work and everything's happening it's not going to be like this pace where i'm working on this you know several nights a week it'll be like once a month or whatever but i really want to do one where it's like okay what are you listening to what do you like play me something Mm -hmm. old play me something new so I, i think it'll be great like it's called down the dial which is i i started it years ago did a few episodes but i want to i want to kind of resurrect it and, and it'll be like, you know, maybe it'll be something new. Like, oh, I like this Anderson Pack, or I like whatever, or, you know, or the so-and-so from Kraftwerk just passed away. Let's listen to some Kraftwerk or whatever, right? So that would be really great to have you because, you know, your knowledge of music is yeah. deep, deep, deep. And we want to hear some Sade on mini disc and, you know. <laughs> I'd love to do that. Uh, I'd be more like, you, the, here's the old music stuff. I'm, a little bit of can more... Uh, I kind of, I don't stay up on new stuff. Yeah, that's it's, fine. Things fall into my lap or if you or someone recommends something like Tyler, I get a lot of like new music ideas and inspirations from Honeycut. 
because he's always staying on top of stuff. But I'm definitely always digging, digging, digging backwards and dis discovering and rediscovering old stuff. So I'd, I'd be super down for that. But like so the you whole, have guests? Yeah. I think it's guests because it's like, you know, let's face it, you and I aren't, we're not hanging out on on, uh, on Corden Avenue anymore where you come <laughs> over and I make you craft dinner and we listen to records. <laughs> so this would be the digital equivalent of that. Get yeah. on a Zoom, record and then, you know, people want to sit in with us virtually, then they can. And if not, whatever, fine. But I love it. That's a great idea. Cool, man. So, yeah, you got you got lots of time to do that stuff now. Well, I think I'm going to be back to work soon, but um, it looks like we're going to open up. So um, that's why I'm trying to get all this done, because I don't think it'll be like it was. Like, you know, I, when I work in film and it gets intense and every day you're working... 14 hours and you got no time for anything. I don't think it'll be that bad for a while because we're just not going to yeah. be that busy. And right. we're not going to be sitting in a production office. So, Sure. But, well, uh, this has been... Uh, it's it's fun. I'm, I'm glad you reached out to me. And uh, <clears throat> I know you, you've been making an effort to reach out to a lot of your friends with some of your downtime. But it's cool that you put these podcasts together. I mean, I've, I'm loving listening to them. I'm learning some stuff. I'm, I'm remembering some old stories that I forgot about listening to you talk with the other guys. Yeah. And uh, I hope I hope people get 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 something out of these and enjoy them too. It's it's almost like a, a mini history series, a history of PNC series, right? Yeah, very informal, <clears throat> or a very informal, loose history. Absolutely, I think it's mm -hmm. you know something we could be proud of as a way to sort of document it before we get too old to remember this shit <laughs> well i laugh because listening to you in Honeycuts episode man his his memories just like steel trap it's, un he just remembers it's unbelievable everything. and you're just going uh-huh oh yeah that sounds about right oh really is that how <laughs> you like, mean like you could be like hey you remember where you got where where did you buy de la soul is dead and he'd be like oh i was at multiplex <laughs> It was twelve ninety nine, and I remember it was like I got it the day it came out, which yeah. was a, which was a third of September. Like he's like that, and it's like totally. holy. I and then when I was, I'm going, damn man, Rod's memory isn't too sharp these days, and mine's not so shit hot. Our episode <laughs> might not be very good. <laughs> we have to we have to make up for it with charisma. <laughs> so yeah, so far so good though. But yeah, it's been a blast, and I've always uh, I've just always cherished all the time time i've spent with you guys and uh shout out to odario and and and, and elis uh dj dow jones those guys part of the tabs crew and all the homies we used to hang out with those were fun times good Absolutely. times in our lives uh i just drove past where the osborne village motor inn used to stand and there's a giant hole in the ground oh i heard that was happening yeah there's a bar a bar in winnipeg famous sort of scuzzy bar and hotel and uh what were the clubs in there the zoo which was the more zoo, like the hard rock which was upstairs and yeah. there was another one too but we Aussies. played aussies down Aussies in the basement lounge, yeah. Yeah, yeah got lots of good photos from the aussie Absolutely. shows we got great photos we had a great time playing those shows definitely so things are changing but yep. uh it's good we're still around to talk about it yeah <laughs> right on well thanks for joining me so that thank you listeners for listening that's um episode 10 of uh the peanuts and corn 2020 podcast with uh the legend steve st louis and um coming up we've got lots more good stuff including we got gruff coming up we got uh spoof from freak show coming up and hopefully we'll get a dario on the phone i'm still uh, efforting that one but i think we'll have a, a good one there 
So, um, and we've got Pip coming up again as well. So we're getting close to the end of this thing and it's been a lot of fun. So thanks for listening. And once again, thanks to Uggs Mag for hosting the podcast and promoting it for us. We appreciate that. Thanks for having me, man. Right on. Thank you. Keep and, well. And uh, good night, everybody. Peace.